This episode is brought to you by Paladin, the premier technology provider for multi-channel networks and digital media companies, including Maker Studios, Awesomeness TV, Studio 71, and more. The Paladin platform streamlines processes, increases efficiency, and grows revenue for media companies that represent more than 200,000 content creators and a collective 15 billion monthly views. Visit paladinsoftware.com to learn more or request a product demo. You're listening to All Things Video. I'm your host, James Creech, and yesterday we talked about content archetypes prevalent in online video. Today, we're going to talk about the differences between traditional and digital video. There are a variety of ways in which traditional and digital media vary, but today we're going to focus on about 14 specific characteristics, and we're going to break those down into three different sections. Production, formats, and distribution. Now, the general thesis is that in traditional media, programming, production, and distribution decisions were made by few and broadcast to many. And what's fundamentally different about digital video is that now many of those resources have been democratized. Anyone can be a creator. Anyone has the opportunity to reach an audience. And so with that, there's been a fundamental shift in the business models and the ways that media companies of the future will operate. Let's start by examining the production differences between traditional and digital video players. The first is a focus on supply-side thinking versus demand-side thinking. If you're in traditional, you're focused on what can we create that we will market and then hope audiences will come to see. It's a very much a push mechanism. In the digital world, there's much more of an inclination toward demand-side thinking. What are audiences craving? What is the type of content that people are actively searching for, and how do we cater to that need? The second is production cost. In the traditional world, production costs are typically very high. Think of films and television projects with multi-million dollar budgets that take years to produce and have big names attached to them. In digital, you have creators and social video stars that, for the most part, can shoot a video on their smartphone or in their bedroom on a MacBook. With these new technologies, digital video producers have significantly reduced the production costs which is a big part of being able to democratize access. The third is the creative process. In the traditional world, creative process is typically very slow and careful. In the digital world, we see much more of an inclination for a quick creative process, where people are producing content in regular intervals, learning from the data, iterating, and producing more content. This doesn't work in traditional, and that's, I think, why we're seeing a greater reliance on sequels. Traditional media players want to back franchises that work. They can't take a risk as often on new properties that have yet to be tested and are unproven. In the digital world, unproven and untested concepts happen all the time. You get real-time feedback that then allows the creators to adapt their ideas, find what the audiences like, adjust the parts that they don't like, and continually accelerate that creative process. The The final production difference is who actually owns the means of production. In the traditional world, there's an oligopoly of a few major networks or a few motion picture studios that control what feature films are being produced and seen by audiences every year. In the digital world, there's much more of a democratized access so that anyone can compete with these major studios. Now, PewDiePie, Lily Singh, Smosh, and Jenna Marbles have audiences that rival and in some cases even eclipse those of traditional players. The next area we're going to talk about are formats. In traditional video, we see much longer form content than the short form videos we're exposed to on digital. Of course, this has been taken to the extreme with Vine videos that are six seconds long, very short form Instagram and Facebook video content, and now with the rise of mobile, 
we're seeing an even greater predilection to short form content being produced in the digital world. The second formatting difference, especially when you think of it from a programming standpoint, is the fact that traditional video is for the most part very linear, right? You think about television where there's content, a commercial interstitial, more content, and digital, it's much more of a non-linear experience. Viewers might be engaging with content on multiple devices, on their schedule, watching what they want, when they want, anywhere. These non-linear viewing habits are beginning to impact the traditional world as well, and they're looking at means of distributing content in digital formats. The next difference is traditional video is typically produced with the goal of being one to many. Again, thinking about to that broadcast thought process and pushing content from one creator to a large audience. In digital video, it's much more of one-to-one -one thinking or many-to-many -many thinking. This goes hand-in-hand -hand with my next point, which is that traditional video often produces a monologue where it's one party creating, producing content to be received by another. Whereas in digital video, we have a dialogue. We're creating a conversation between a creator and his or her audience. They are involved in the discussion through comments and engagement. And increasingly with live video, they can actually shape the future of the content. Another format difference between traditional and digital is the tone of the content and how it's perceived by audiences. Traditional videos are often aspirational. We think of the traditional cult of celebrity demonstrating lifestyles that many people cannot attain. Whereas in digital video and the newer idea of a social influencer, the watchword is authenticity. How can someone be relatable and engage their audience in a way that feels like they could be someone you would know, perhaps even your best friend? Some people follow creators throughout their lives. Shay Carl is a great example of this in showcasing what his family is up to and doing that in a very authentic way. And the last format difference between traditional and digital video is that traditional is a lean back experience, whereas digital is a lean forward or participatory experience. You feel like you're a part of the content in the way that it's shot, edited, and produced, whereas perhaps less of a transformative experience like we see in traditional, if we think about going into a movie theater and watching a screen, in digital video, they're pioneering formats like 360 and VR, which engage the audience in many more ways that allow it to be a truly participatory experience. So we've covered the production, we've covered the format differences. Let's move now to the distribution differences. In the traditional world, we have a notion of a centralized distribution, right? You think about 21st Century Fox and the means of which they distribute major motion pictures on behalf of the large studios. In the digital world, we have a much more fragmented distribution process. People are creating and pushing content out across YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, in some cases, producing different content for each. And so following a creator and, and engaging with their entire canon of content happens across many platforms and screens. Whereas in the traditional world, you think of watching television on a single device. You think of going to a movie theater and watching a film, it's appointment viewing in a single place rather than fragmented distribution on your terms. The next difference is bundled versus a la carte programming. This is of course relevant when we think about television, the nature of subscribing to a group of channels. You might watch a handful of those channels, but you don't necessarily need the entire package. In digital, you have the ability to pick and choose not just specific categories of content, but even individual programs themselves. If you think about a YouTube experience, you might watch one video and then search related videos or search for another video entirely. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to watch multiple pieces of content from the same creator. Another distribution difference is that traditional media 
tends to window content, meaning they'll release it in different territories or across different screens at a staggered rollout. So they'll make something available in theaters if it's a major motion picture. It then goes to more of a transactional release on DVD or Blu-ray. And it could be windowed where the U.S. launch is very different than the European or the Asian launch of that motion picture. In digital, we see a single release. You produce a video, you upload it, it's available globally instantly. I predict that traditional windows will collapse. They're already becoming smaller and smaller, and I think ultimately they're going to disappear. And that's because of this downward pressure from digital and making content available immediately. We think about binge-watching television on Netflix. That's much more of a single-release strategy than the typical staggered programming and windowed approach of television in the past. And finally, the last distribution difference is that in traditional media, we go for awareness and reach, so it's very broad, whereas in digital media... We're looking at very specific targeting and focused on performance metrics. It's a much narrower band. This also carries over into advertising. If we think about the advertising goals in traditional media, we think about Nielsen and Comscore and the fact that we were buying on gross rating points or GRPs. Inventory was sold on a CPM and the metrics that were important to marketers were total reach and frequency in which those unique viewers were reached. That model is completely different, thrown out the window, when we talk about digital advertising. Much more of a focus on performance-based advertising, not buying on an impression or CPM basis, but thinking much more about CPC, CPV, and other performance ad models. And the targeting has to be spot on. No digital marketer wants to waste budget on off-target viewers. They want to reach their core audience and make sure that their ad spend is performing as efficiently as possible. So I know we covered a lot of differences. Let's summarize that real quick. Again, breaking it down into production, format, and distribution differences between traditional and digital video. On the production side, we have supply versus demand side thinking, high production versus low production costs, slow creative versus quick creative process, and oligopoly versus democratized resources. When it comes to formats, we have long versus short form, linear versus nonlinear programming, one-to-many versus one-to-one or many-to-many in digital, a monologue versus a dialogue, aspirational content versus authentic content, and a lean back experience versus a much more participatory experience. And when it comes to distribution, we think of centralized distribution for traditional, much more fragmented distribution for digital. We have bundled versus a la carte programming, windowed versus single release strategies, and an emphasis on awareness and reach, so a broad distribution play, rather than targeting and performance, a much more narrow and focused distribution play on digital. Now, of course, these aren't hard and fast rules. We're seeing digital and traditional continue to converge. And there's also a lot of similarities between the two. You think about how new formats have evolved over time. We start with general programming and eventually transition to more niche programming. That was the case with radio in the 1920s. We also saw that with television from the 1960s until now. It can take decades for these new technologies to transition from just news and entertainment to gradually supporting multiple channels. If we think about TV today, we have hundreds of broadcast and cable channels that support very specific interests like HGTV for home and gardening. We have the Food Network, ESPN for sports programming. The same thing is happening in digital video. We start with broad-based general programming, even when you think about MCNs, and we're moving to a much greater focus on super fans and passionate communities about a specific topic of content. And also, a lot of the business models are the same, right? There's a lot that the digital world can learn from traditional. 
we still have transactional subscription and ad supported formats. And we're seeing all of these business models play a key role in the continued futures of traditional and digital media. Thanks for tuning in to All Things Video. I hope you found this episode useful. Again, tune in the rest of this month for new episodes every day. If this was valuable, please make sure to share it with a friend, like our page on Facebook, check us out on LinkedIn, and drop us a line. We really want to hear from you. So send your questions to allthingsvideopodcast at gmail.com, and we'll have much more exciting content on a variety of topics coming very soon. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you.